Welcome back to Last Night Recap, the chat that takes the Americas and the EMEA Apple Edu chat and recaps them in a serious but not way. I'm your host, Martin Coots, and I'm joined as ever by my friends and colleagues. Let's start with a person who I'm going to see in, in person um, over the next couple of days, Mr. Matthew Pullen. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm actually sitting in an apartment down in Glasgow, so it's like a home away from home. It's quite nice. That's very nice. I'm uh, looking forward to looking forward to catching up over the next few days and getting some work done. Definitely. I'll pick you up from the airport and then look out Glasgow. There we go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also joined by, well, I, I hope he's wearing clothes while he's eating his ice cream. Hello, Mr. Johan Anderson. Um. I, I want. Um, yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah, he's got ice. one. I think, that's, I think that's his way of saying me. he has ice cream. I'll, I'm not... <laughs> too long a pause. <laughs> I'll just say I have one piece of clothing on, and you can choose whatever you like. Oh, it's just that left sock game. Oh, um, how was? Yeah, yeah, how's your Monday been? It's been good. Uh, a lot of work and uh, also watching American football. Nice. I haven't heard yeah. any negative impact or uh, negative um, feedback concerning our weather chat. So no feedback <laughs> is good feedback. So I suppose I need to ask, how's the weather with you? Oh, it's uh, crispy. crispy. And, uh, are, like we, are we talking yes. about the weather or is your <laughs> pair of clothing again? Yeah. <laughs> It's up to you. I'm very, I'm very open tonight. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Um, and then moving on. Being, yeah, moving on because <laughs> someone else who I'm sure is in a random part of the US, but probably sitting in a corner, corner shaking after that conversation. <laughs> it's, not crisp, it's not crispy over here. Um, <laughs> and a little bit better dressed than that. Um, I am sitting in... Uh, in, in the U.S. somewhere again. Um, this time, I will give you a clue, guys. I'm sitting a okay. little higher than normally. Denver. That's bang on. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's in Denver. And how would you get to that? Because that is also the city of... What? The Rockies. No, no. <laughs> it's the, it's the, the Rockies. It's the Mile no, High I don't City. Because so, it's a... Yeah, the Mile High, yeah. yeah. It's because it's always hard to to play the Denver Broncos ah. in American football. So that's yeah, why I know. a lot of drinking over here. Keep hydrated. Nice. Ah, cool. So how's your, uh, what are you doing in Denver, Kurt, apart from, you know, being I a mile above sea level? something new that is um, a mix between an escape room, um, a book club. Um, it's called the Quest Room. So uh, I got this uh, challenge. Um, to, to design a professional learning event um, on, on a book called Building a Story Brand. And the people are going to go through um, the room. And then um, after, well, we started with a teaser already because you know me. Um, I like to like tease you into the learning. Then the actual learning happens. And then it keeps going later on. So there will be a, a book club email course follow-up um, with some fun activities. I can't say too much because i know some people are listening to this podcast and of course it's happening tomorrow morning and i don't want to give too many spoilers away yet nice nice sounds really exciting i'm um, happy about it oh so, yeah yeah so oh, it's always nice that... to see it come to life 
Yeah, absolutely. It's always it's always good. It's always good. So while you're um, working on that in your in the back of your head, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up in this week's show? Yeah, this week, um, starting with you guys at in, in Emea, um, it was our host Matt Pollan mm-hmm. um, hosting the Twitter chat exactly, um, and that was continuous innovative practice. Correct, Matt? Certainly was. Yeah, it was a busy yeah. busy chat. Yeah, talking about it was a Twitter challenges and, and the use of Twitter or non-use of Twitter. Um, so we'll dive into that a little bit and see what, what we can learn. And then on the America side, um, we talked about creating and consuming uh, responsibly. And that was with uh, Jessica and Katie. And then throwing in the hashtag of the week. That's youth edu chat. And I think that was Lindsay and help me out, Martin. Who else? Uh, Laura. Yes, Lindsay and Laura have come up with that kind of a kind of a pupil focused Apple EDU chat. Even you know, including Apple EDU chat, but they're they're kind of setting a challenge each week um, for uh, teachers to get set with um, in each of their classes, which I thought would would tie in with what Matt was cha- talking about in his in his chat. Great. So I'm looking forward to these two topics and the questions that you pulled out for EMEA and um, hearing your guys' opinions on it. Absolutely. So let's get going with that when we come back right after this little jingle. Welcome back to the EMEA side of Last Night Recap, where, as Kurt has just told you, we were looking at Matt's chat on continuous innovative practice. Um, This was, you know, second week back, but we saw quite a, a... a 25% increase in um, the amount of people that were taking part, part Matt, and awesome. for the uh, the second week back, you know, you know, I think we went from 375 to 485 um, mm. impressions over the hour, which is a massive jump for a week. It's, um, but I think that kind of speaks to the, the chat that you had put together and the topic, which is clearly stuff that was on... Uh, everyone's mind and, and something that people are, are wanting to look at because it's an you know we're all involved in that ongoing conversation um and i think it's a conversation that's always important to have so as with every week let's uh, kick it off with a tweet of the week and i've actually got two tweets of the week um the first one comes from damien parker and it's in response to our question which you'll hear in a second so making a challenge whole school is a great way to get everyone involved there is no quote unquote, we have to do this because of department X. Staff feel more like a team and can often get very competitive. Hashtag wormhole challenge at Hopkin Teach. Then the second tweet um, actually comes from Simon Pyle. Um, and he says, we don't have many active teachers on Twitter. So for me, it's about repacking the challenges in a way that is relevant to their teaching and learning. Our staff are wonderful. Present them with a challenge, and it appears in classrooms in many different guises. And I liked your response here, Matt, and it was, um, that's what I plan to do with students at first, then get them to share what they create. It's actually a directed study task this year, hence your, your uh, So You Want To Challenges book. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a interesting, uh, interesting kind of response to that. And it was all in response to your your question. Your question this week was, how can Twitter challenges be used in a school setting among staff? So, Matt, since you've uh, written a book, why don't you... Uh... 
I have written a book. Yeah, one one of one of twenty six. Um, do you know what I just and you you've done the challenges and Kurt's done challenges and and lots of other people. Rich Rich Hopkins has done challenges, and I just thought, do you know what, um, I see them as a great way to have fun whilst you're learning new skills. That you know, I I've taken part in the in the music challenges that that um, Kiko Duran and and Mary Kemper and and um, Owen Hughes have kind of been bigging up the the one six five four, yeah. And and I've learned so much just in a fun way. And then you know you build on those things. And obviously you you did the magic move challenge, which I think was was one of the first ones that was um, sort of out on Twitter. And again, just that learning new techniques and learning from other people. You know, in in how they put things together and mm-hmm. just the range of ideas. You know, we went from dad jokes to um movie titles to, to all sorts of things and then you know then seeing how people put that into their classroom i just think is 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 a really fun way of, of learning those things so i wanted to do that with my students and think you know just chuck the challenges at them and see what they come up with whether they share them on twitter afterwards is, is barely irrelevant it's more that they have a go so so yeah that's that's kind of why i i wanted to sort of see what other people were doing with it yeah, I think um, I think having the I think having the people kind of you know go through those and you know not not necessarily feel like they're being left out because they're not getting involved in uh, um, not getting involved just because they're not in social media really makes it you know really makes it um, quite it makes it quite a challenge in terms of how you're going to approach that within school. Um, do you just do you say right? You're not on social media, so you don't get it at all. Or do you kind of do you kind of do what Simon's talking about and and completely repackage it and you know change it? Maybe have like a wall that just says right. Here's you know something that's happening. Here's maybe some examples. I think it was either uh, Claire Jones or uh, Gavin Smart had them had talked about having them on a screen inside school that were just kind of rolling and going through, and it's. It's quite, it's quite an interesting one. Kurt, you've been quite involved mm-hmm. with all of these Twitter challenges. Yeah, I think... What, yeah. Go, go, go. Ask me the question. No, 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 no. no. Uh, well, I was, just, I was just wondering, you know, you, you'd obviously talking about them as, as Twitter challenges and, and something that you, you look at is how social media plays a big part in that. But how, how would you sort of approach repackaging that if it was a school district that couldn't use Twitter? Or it was teachers who were just a bit off when it came to the the whole uh, use of social. So, and that's that's what I've um, been seeing and happening um, and helping out a little bit on um, for the last few weeks is um, hosting it in something like Apple Teacher Learning Center um, and then looking at what's going on. And it started with the pop up classroom at ISTE, um, where you have that little share your thoughts and nominate a tweet. Um, it's still hosted on Twitter. Um, but what I've seen that, that people do is um, the very enthusiastic um, people like like you, Matt, um, Johan, um, Gerard, and then I can keep naming names. Um, those those champions in, in their schools and in their learning environment um, bring this challenge to the classroom and then collect um, the results and push that out. Um, what I've seen happening in a school district not far uh, outside of Philadelphia is that mm-hmm. um, by pushing the work, not necessarily the teacher themselves, but that champion, it elevates um, what's happening there. There's like this positive 
creative push going through that school district, um, someone would just start it or with iPads or, or on that like second or third year of like, oh, what are, what are we going to do with any piece of technology? And these mm-hmm. challenges come as a refreshment because I feel like they're either focused on trying out something new, like the wormhole challenge and green screen and trying out all these ideas. And if you follow it, you get a bunch of ideas going from, from K to 12. Um, but also, and that's what I try to do a little bit more, looking at what's happening on the day. Um, like I'm making right now, that's um, for, for World Animal Day, because I got inspired by something called the Gallery of Emerging Species and looking at how many species are dying these days while using shapes or using Play-Doh or using Lego Kids create new animals every day. And there's so much curriculum that we can tie to that. And I think um, Jody Dinehammer definitely did that um, with the Shadonki, um, <laughs> like looking at how many yeah, animals yeah, yeah. are involved in that. And then where, w- where would they live? What would they eat? All these inquiry questions that would come and kids would have to dive in and, and delve and explore. Um, so those are all really powerful keywords that I love to promote within education. Absolutely. Um, I think that's, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the Shidonki one is, is <laughs> you know, the Shidonki one's a great example of how you can just kind of take a, a different approach. Yeah, to, for people who don't like know this. it, it's a, a chicken and a donkey uh, sliced up um, in, a new, in a new shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved, I mean, I did that challenge with you where, you know, I think I had the, the oh, unicorn dinosaur. Yeah. Like a, centaurs yeah i love that one um johan how much in in uh how much do you think social media has been playing uh a big part in the way that technology use and these kind of challenges uh, develop staff thinking and understanding oh i think it uh, can really um broaden everyone's uh, horizon Mm -hmm. i must say because we share so much through um, the media. And that's really how I try to use it as well, uh, to learn more or less and, and to broaden my horizon where I, when I can't really get in contact with people that are really brilliant, then I can follow them on, on Twitter. So I think it's a really well media for spreading the news. And I know that journalists use it uh, quite a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's my take on it more or less okay um i don't know if you have no i i no i think that's i think that's a great approach to take that it's a that it's a great way for engagement so so how have you approached reluctant staff who are who don't see the point in social media and don't see the point in taking part you know oh you're you're the you you know what you're doing with this stuff so you get it better than we do how do you how do you know so for people who are listening we all know the benefits of social media but i think what what some people were maybe missing the point or maybe getting a bit mixed up in in terms of their answers where their answers were just a we don't have a lot of staff in twitter which is why i like simon's response where he said we repackage them so how how do you get staff on board to using social media that might that might not see the the benefits that might have that reluctant feeling i think this i think this is exactly the the way to do it because you're giving them a reason to go on social media and i think if you package something up and make it accessible to them 
in their comfort zone, which which might not be sharing to the world in the first instance, but then show that this is one idea. And and if you've benefited from just this this small group of people and learning yeah. from these people, yeah. let's just amplify that beyond and see you could get a million ideas yeah. from Twitter. And, and that's all it is. It's just a place to engage. And people have said the analogy before about Twitter being the, the greatest staff room in the world. I think that's what you almost yeah. do. We're in a staff room here and mm. this is what we've learned. Now let's just take that worldwide and how much bigger could it be? And you can ignore the stuff you don't want to pay any attention to. Same as you probably ignore the people yeah. in the staff room you don't want to pay attention to, but you've got a lot more choice. I actually used the format. So what we did was actually uh, there was a lot of older staff or, or staff that didn't want to use technology much. And uh, they were putting new ideas and when they got the ideas down on, on uh, notepad, uh, you know, like a pad, yeah. a normal notepad, like a small note. And, you know, you scribble on it. And then suddenly we said, like, scribble all your ideas through a week on, on these pads. And then we put them up. And we use them so they're really tactile and, and they're real. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like the format is almost like a tweet. But now you can reach a lot of more people. That's with great. Your uh, ideas. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. yeah so, so we started, look, it's like just scribbling something down on a note. And, and uh, we, yeah, so that's how we started and, and to see that it's nothing more than that. Yeah, yeah. But now you can get feedback on your idea like directly. Yeah. And then they said, okay, I'll give it a try. So that was a really cool thing because they used to just scribble an idea on a note and that's it. And yeah, yeah. Nice. I also think you can't forget the basic part of social media is that because um, we, we keep talking about creating and we've, we've been sharing and all of that. Um, yeah. For me, the basic for, for anyone is I would like to maybe sign up is already a big step, but just lure from a distance and see what's on there that I can benefit from before I, I start contributing. It's like blogging and, and saying, yeah. what, what in the world do I have to say that anyone would read that's, that's valuable to them? So, and, and but if you look at a blog as, yeah. a, as a diary and all of a sudden you get the interaction and that the social part is the benefit of social media, um, stating the obvious. Um, but a lot of people come in from from a viewing and collecting point of view. So talking about how to get people started with social media, um, I've done an analog Twitter once where we had sheets of paper on the wall in a room and you would write down in 140 characters because that was still the, um, the restriction back then. And then mm-hmm. um, as a reflection piece, so you would reflect in 140 characters um, and then you would go around and if you agreed, you would heart it or you would retweet it with a with a star um, and then someone else who is tech savvy and feels like I can share this and has that conversation with the person. Can I share this? Then it goes out. So you still get the voice of someone else out, but that person feels comfortable with that level. And as we keep talking about everyone, their own talents and personalities. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely feel, even among the four of us, that um, some of them are, we are more quiet at certain moments. And on other topics, we might be very vocal. Um, so the same thing with Twitter. Sometimes you just feel like I can't contribute something or someone else has said exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so I don't feel like I have to join in. So taking those mini steps and having that person who comes to you and still mix that um, conversation up 
in in a life way, not just a digital mm-hmm. way. I think that that's one of the ways to go. Nice, nice, and I think that's probably the perfect uh, place to kind of stop. That I think we all agree that everyone can be reluctant at times, but I think what we've done there is we've managed to to give sort of some good perspectives on how you can actually approach you know, still getting people involved in the social aspect of it without necessarily having to shove social media down their throats. But, mm-hmm. you you know, you can definitely see the benefit and you can see how it all goes together. Guys, thank you very much for your uh, your thoughts on that. The recap for this uh, EMEA chat is on the Wakelet. And as always, it will be included in the show notes. Kurt, are you all set to recap America when we come back after this? I've got two questions coming up for us to discuss. And nice. a really, Looking really nice tweet you. that could turn into a poster. So let's see if we can <laughs> get it trending. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this little noise. Welcome back. If you're hearing this voice, then you know you're halfway through this podcast already. And the best part is yet to come. Um, but I'll leave that for this conversation first. Um, and a tweet that, as I promised, needs to be a poster. So Tanya Leon posted it, and it caught my attention because it said, why cite it if you can create it? And I think that would be a nice one as we start off the Americas chat, which this week was about create and consume responsibly. Um, now, guys, we've talked about creating a lot already and the different formats and how to create. So this week... I picked out question two first, which was, um, how are you sparking conversation around consuming media with your students? What resources and activities are helping you support students as media savvy consumers? So from the consuming part, and and personally, I believe that to be a good creator, you have to be a consumer. There's nothing bad in consuming. It could not just be 90% of the time just consuming it. And as I said previously in the Twitter, it starts with consuming and then hopefully you get onto the creating part. So Martin, um, yeah. from the consuming part, cause I know you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read a lot, you stay up to date, um, on the newest specifically Apple news. Um, yes. how would you do any news consumption with students? So the, the way that I do um, sort of consumption with it is I start from the searching for the information and I do the, the sort of the, what, what, what I call risk skills, these research and information skills that, that pupils can develop, where it's all about where they find the information, how they use the information. There is, there is so often that pupils and you know, young people just go straight on to um, Google Images and just grab the first image they have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, they're, you know, they're at the stage where they're getting that little bit older. They're maybe finding images that they're wanting to use and, uh, you know, uh, things that they're going to publish, like um, they're going to create content, but they, they, they'll go out and find some of the content that they want to use first. And it, they have to know what they're looking at. They have to know whether they're finding information that's relevant. They have to know whether they're finding information that's copyright free. So I always go through and have them double check and triple check. Um, we use certain websites for finding Im- uh, images such as Unsplash or Pixabay mm-hmm. because we know that they've got um, some royalty free, which then brings a, a big conversation around, you know, digital rights and uh, digital right management and who owns it. If it's posted online, is it for everyone to use? 
you know, and it's it, we start this meaningful conversation around the the stuff that they're finding and the stuff that they're looking at, and that's even true when I'm. You know, the, we, we've just had the new iPhones and the new Apple Watch releases coming out, and this is me getting into into my own personal way of finding the information. Yeah. And starting round about, you know, starting round about the May June time, we get into leak season, where information gets leaked, where whether it's the new operating system, whether it's iOS, mm-hmm. whether it's new hardware, but it's always looking at where does that information come from? Is it from a credible source, like for example, nine to five Mac? Or is it, you know, from a source where it's, you know, maybe someone sitting in a moo smoking a long cigarette who's like, hey, I've just seen, I've just been on a secret website and I've seen that Apple are releasing 17 new iPhones and 26 new colors. Yeah. Here are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so find, you know, when you're, when you're consuming and you're looking at even the downloading of movies and everybody's going, oh yeah, I've already downloaded that using a torrent. Yeah. You know, torrents and, and those things were huge a few years ago. Yeah. And you don't know what you're downloading. You don't know what you're bringing on. We, mm-hmm. we never really had to worry about viruses or, or things of that nature bef- uh, on, on sort of iOS and Apple devices to a, to a degree. But the conversation all starts around what are you going to find and where are you going to find it? Yeah, that makes me, um, Johan, I wanted to come to you because um, in your new role, um, and if I'm correct, it's it's a bit of a learning management system. Um, are, are you paying attention on all this deep fake videos and um, fake news and where the sources are coming? Is that something that you would consider to be a task of a learning management system? Um, I wouldn't say that is the task uh, because it just, you know, in, empowers the, the teacher. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly something that we discuss with teachers yeah. a lot because um, it could be a place where you put it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to start with a, a discussion that I had with my son. And it comes to exactly what you said uh, in in the end, I actually started doing exercises around uh, videos uh, and if they're real or not, yeah. which were quite interesting. Mm-hmm. So as as you normally do, he he watches games and YouTube and all that, and he's really into it, uh, and he really likes videos. So um, we were at the dentist, and at the dentist's office, they had this aquarium, and he's literally watching all the fishes in the aquarium and he goes dad are these are these real fishes or are they robots oh wow that's uh... <laughs> and in in his world at this was like 3 years ago so it's like 5 or yeah or something like that and in his wor- world actually there could be robots mm-hmm. that swim around so it wasn't like a restriction in his mind at that time um, which was really inter- interesting to me. So I actually started uh, working with uh, students who were in school um, with creating videos and consuming videos and trying to have a discussion around what's real and what's not within a video that you've been watching or creating yourself. So we did an exercise where we created parts of a video and then another group could consume that video and we discussed and see if we could use common sense to work out what's real and not and I mean that's a sliding scale 
nowadays and and that was an interesting uh, exercise actually that's interesting that for me that you mentioned common sense because common sense media is um uh, the organization uh, over here in the u.s that um, pushes out some kind of like curriculum and and i wouldn't say that it's the curriculum um, but a lot of teachers in the chat refer to it um now yeah um, and we'll, so go ahead can i just said that we took it further and just said uh we work with the nature science and we said, look, when you have an answer, is this a common sense answer? So you did a calculation or something of a physics or, or something. And then you, we always took it. Is this a common sense that you ran like uh, 400 meters in 10 seconds? No, it's not. So something has to be uh, wrong with the calculations and things like that. So we, we actually put it even further into their uh, the whole curriculum yeah. part of it. Talking about curriculum, uh, Matt, um, I want to know a little bit, um, does the UK have something on media literacy? Is that something that um, not, maybe not you, but one of your colleagues at university pays attention to for these up-and-coming new educators? Because mm -hmm. um, they're going to be, be dealing with it even more. I remember in history lessons, we had to have a critical thinking mindset um, but now with digital manipulations and all of that, um, how do you tackle that on a university level? So um, so in Wales, we've got a new curriculum and it, it echoes what they've got up in Scotland. So Martin can, can probably allude to, to the similarities here. And, and one <laughs> of the elements is digital citizenship. Yep. And it is about, you know, um, understanding whose work it is on the Internet, uh, what you do when you go on the Internet and how you use people's stuff. Um, crediting people's work uh, so it, it's it's really kind of hot topic at the moment so mm -hmm. people are aware of of you know more than just fake news but but even as simple as you know if, if you go on google images whose whose image is it is it mine because i've searched for it and it's on my computer or does it still belong to somebody else and yeah. and actually it's it's part of the curriculum now that we have those discussions and um, and I suppose that's where we, we start to then look down that creative route and that link to creativity instead of, well, you know, I could just take someone else's picture and I could use it, but I could recreate that picture as well. And I could use that as a as a stimulus. I like what they've yes. done with it. And I'll use that because um, I've now got the tools as well. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to find my version of that picture. Um, you know, so so you're you're consuming you, i mean you talk about this a lot Kurt. we've had this conversation before i'm consuming mm -hmm. ideas and then i'm creating something because i'm inspired by those ideas so i think there's a big right. element of our curriculum that really kind of alludes to that um that aspect of yes it's a simple way to just take someone else's work but it's a better if you take someone else's work and recreate something of your own well that's a conversation that i i would love to have with you guys um i had yeah. it a while ago um uh, with someone who, who um, pulled me into a conversation and the question was who owns the idea and how important is that? Nah. Is it important to have the idea out or is it important to have the idea out with your name on it? Um, oh yeah. But well, you think when you think of it, that's the <clears throat> success of the human race. Actually mm -hmm. it's that we use ideas and build upon those ideas and our communication within in the human race. That's what, made us this successful yeah. but Very some true. people get really tied up with the it was my idea and 
Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. 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 I think that's there's a danger with that. I think um, you know, I, I do promote to my students a lot of the stuff that I see on Twitter that they might not have seen. Mm-hmm. And and I, I whether it's a moral thing, I will always say this is where it's come from. Mm-hmm. And I might adapt it and I might change it for their setting, but I will always give credit to the person who gave me the idea. Yeah. And yeah, there are times where I might have an idea and someone else has taken it and flown with it. And to be honest, personally, I take a lot of pride in seeing that someone's been inspired and done something else with it. Do yeah. I hang on to my name being mentioned? Not really. It's not about making money, is it? At the end of the day, it's about inspiring other people to, to do Absolutely. something. Absolutely. And as yeah. educators, yeah, as educators, surely that's what we're all about. You know, we're about yeah. inspiring others to try something new. I mean, I'm not going to get jealous if my... If my if the kids in my class end up using an idea that I've shown them better than I could come up with, to yeah. me that's to me that's the that's the epitome of becoming a becoming a teacher is to actually yeah. inspire others to take a direction and and run with it in the way that they have. And you know, I feel the I feel the exact same way as you've done that. You know, people take you know you might start with an idea, you might not necessarily refine it and have it but you've got the the kind of the you've got the bare bones you've got the the way that it should look and how it all goes together but when someone else actually runs with that and you know the company that we all love and talk about quite a lot they're world famous for this they're never they're never first to market with a lot of products what they do is they see what someone else has done and they look to see if there's a way that they can hone that and refine that and as johan says that's how innovation actually starts Innovation isn't an idea. It's about having an approach to an idea and how you can actually execute that. But that, that's where that creativity then comes from, isn't it? That's, why, that's yes. where the consuming of work becomes the creative work because people are, are piggybacking on things. And, um, you know, you see some amazing things come out of it. And, you know, I'll, gi- I'll give one example. Like when the... the um, the updates to keynote came out and you could do the motion path i thought of an idea um and i i genuinely didn't have a clue how to make it work but in my head i kind of saw this picture and and said out on twitter this is my thought process and i've kind of mocked up this awful video but i know other people can do this better and other people did and they made it and they made something which then i thought yep that's what i was thinking of and that that was it that was gold for me because it was like that like incubation lab but on social media where i've got this stupid thought in my head of something that i think would benefit me and there's a whole world of people out there that can create it better than i can and they took that idea and ran with it and developed it and it became something that was really useful that Um, sounds up sums up exactly and and very nicely what we just talked about in emia and in this i was just thinking yeah because um, we were talking about that power of social media and you threw your idea out there um, yeah. hoping um, that someone else would like see it and, and yeah. go and run with it. Um, I'd like to close this one off, guys, with, um, with one resource and, um, and one quote. I love quotes. And, and there's a famous Pablo Picasso quote that says, good artists copy, great artists steal. Um, that led yeah. me to an Austin Kleon book, and he's, he's got a beautiful series going out there around creativity that says, steal like an artist. It's a little controversial. <laughs> um, and, and at first it seems like, ooh, um, stealing is a bad thing. Um, all he's saying is, is, I could have stolen Matt's idea in a way that I like what's in your hat. I have the skills to do it, and yeah. here we do it. 
it's yeah. and then uh, then I tie it back to what you said, Matt and Martin and Johan, having the common sense to credit the person who made it, because that and that was one of the questions that they talked about that authentic audience and making that mm-hmm. kid float that just a few inches above the ground because someone heard him or her um, and, and tying it to that authentic audience. I think that's beautiful. Um, throw a little bit on top of that with um, the UDL, the universal design for learning and making yeah. things accessible. And then you've got a beautiful, beautiful piece of content talking about beautiful pieces of content. I heard that there's another <laughs> jingle coming on. Oh, oh! What you did not see that one coming. Whoa, right? Oh, <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> that one came all the way from Denver, guys. That's, That's nice. why it took so long. All right, <laughs> are you ready, Mr. Matt Horn? I am very ready. Thank you, guys, for your insights, and I'll hear you back after the jingle. Excellent. Questions with Matt. Oh, someone's I've, doing 90 days of garage band. I've got to work Ooh. on the vocals bit though, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it was yeah. very you too it. Oh yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, there was the guitar part. Yeah, yeah well. Yeah. So does sure. that mean that we are going to be putting that jingle on everyone's iPhone without them knowing? Ooh. <laughs> you know we go back to like um people stealing your ideas. Yeah. Came from an idea that I dreamt up years ago. Oh, definitely. That might, that, not be true. Before. that might not be true, but you know, I'm just going to put it out. This, there was this, boot, this bootleg was laying around somewhere in the 90s. <laughs> oh, exactly. What's this? Jingles Matt was, Matt? Matt was, yeah. <laughs> Matt's band was called I Won. Exactly. Exactly. And instead of uh, it being Ireland, um, it was Wales. No. Exactly. Uh, yeah. None of this might be true, but it all is. Cool, guys. Welcome to Questions and Matt. Um, we've we've had a question from a, a fellow Welsh person um, over here in sunny Wales, um, and it's it's really about kind of nurturing nurturing other individuals, I suppose. So how do we how do we um, seek out and and try to support other educators as they come up with new ideas, but but might not necessarily feel they've got the confidence to to amplify it themselves. What what sort of approaches have you ever taken to that, Kurt? You um, you're great at doing this, and and I've seen you you really kind of big up lots of people. So what what sort of approaches would you advise? Um, communication and and face to face talk um, is always the strongest bit. Um, I I always come from a from a mentoring coaching point of view, um, active listening and and just highlighting all the good things that you see. Um, I mean, I've been in the U.S. now for a year, and if I can compare with Belgium, um, Belgians like to pull you down and push you down and, and be hard on you. And, and I know that that can like make you better in a different way. Um, I just love the up and cheering, um, positive vibe that Americans can give you, too, where they will come out and, and compliment you on something. Because um, it makes me feel um, like that teacher in a classroom like when I could compliment on a kid's work, someone who didn't believe in, in their own capacities that 
you could see talent in them than they couldn't. And when you express that and vocalize that and highlight that to them with, with, with a piece of work, um, it just makes people grow and believe in their potential. So yeah. that's always been my approach. Um, yeah. It's it's not the Kurt Kleiner show. Um, <laughs> so it's it's all about the person on the other side. And I just love from sharing comes a lot back. Um, yeah, yeah. So seeing that and I've seen that now in in school districts and in bigger groups where if you have that champion that we mentioned earlier in the show, um, someone who actively walks in and, and not just someone you see in a training someone who actually comes into your classroom, sits with you, um, knows you a little bit better, and in moments where you feel bad, says, hey, um, it might have not been the biggest thing, but what have you learned from this? Because yeah. here are some things I saw that are really good, and look at where you were in the beginning of the school year. So those positive words, and it's not always uh, sunshine. I know it's the sun always shines in Philadelphia as a famous <laughs> show. Um, and, and the mix for me now of being Belgian in America um, has been a nice mix to, to coach and mentor people. That's cool. Yeah, nice. Martin, anything to, to add? Not a lot to add because I think the way that, that Kurt has just so, you know, he's, he's, he's summed that up very nicely. And I think he's just kind of, you know, captured, um, captured the essence of what we all try to do, I, I would hope. But yeah, I mean, certainly right now I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with teachers who are at the very, very beginning of their journey. Um, they're, they're maybe getting started with technology use in the classroom. And what often happens is when I walk into a training session, I'll get one or two teachers who are just like, I don't have a clue. I do not have uh, any idea where to get started with. But, you know, speaking to them throughout and throughout the training session or throughout the, the series of sessions that we're doing and throughout, you know, having a conversation as Kurt says, listening to what they've, they've they've got to say, listening to what's been happening in their class, and also seeing when you come into the next session and you find out something that they've tried and something that they've done, it's just really highlighting the, the journey that they've taken and the progress that they've made because they might not see it themselves. And, you know, having someone just give you that extra, that extra lift, that extra boost just to say, you know what, this is fantastic. Do you mind if I take a picture of this and share it out? Do you mind if I tell some other people and actually just show some of the some of the amazing things that you've done? I think that is is one of the best things that you can do in order to help someone increase their confidence that really doesn't think that they have some at the start. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not about you being the rock star. And I've seen too many exactly. workshops where someone thinks I've got all the knowledge. I'm standing in yes. front of the classroom or on the stage. I'm the big keynote and you have to listen to me because then yeah. you can be as successful as me. That's absolutely not what it takes to build a team. And no. um, to, if you want to push to something bigger as education, you need to leave your ego at the door. Yeah. Talk, talking of egos, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, as long as as long as they want to share an ice cream with me, I'm happy. No, really. As long um, as you can place your cone. <clears throat> I really like connecting people. And uh, there are so many times when you can, maybe they can't find where they are. And you connect to someone that you heard or you know. And, and seeing that 
connection or the inspiration finding your kind of people or, or the, the people that really are thinking the same way um, that could be a, a what do you say a catalytic um, reaction catalyst catalyst yeah. thank you uh, for that progression so if you build a team you want people with different kind of, of knowledge but it can also be really good in, in the beginning to, to find someone and get connected to someone that, that really does what you're doing and, and you can start discussing and having that like a, a nerd nerd session, which can be lovely <laughs> to see, actually. Uh, and that's what I like. Yeah. Guys, um, just, just yeah, great, great to hear sort of other people's opinions on building. Building a self-esteem, I guess, with, with individuals and let them know that, you know, um, I think what what can sometimes be daunting is is they see people as the rock stars, don't they? And I think yeah. it's those moments when the perceived rock star just is humble enough to say that we've all started somewhere. And and my the line that I usually say to people is, "I'm I'm just maybe two years down the road ahead of you. That's all. I'm no I'm no expert. I've just been doing it a little bit longer than you. And and if you practice and and develop your ideas, I'll be you know." I'll be seeing you up on the stage in no time, and I think that's that's the element of of just really trying to amplify other people's work and and show them that you learn as much as they do, you know. Definitely. And and ice cream once in a while helps. Oh, and I <laughs> a bit of ice cream, not yeah. once in a while. Often. Ice cream and hugs. Yeah, yeah. Ice, cream ice, hugs. ice cream and hugs is how it all works. Yeah. You know, you know, Kurt said about poster before. I think there's another poster there. Ice cream and hugs with a picture I think that's of yoga. An epi- I think that's the episode. <laughs> I, see a, I see a fluffy teddy bear eating an ice cream with that. Yeah. yeah. How do you know that's what I was wearing? And tonight. I think he's only wearing one sweater. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He's I'm wearing my, my teddy bear suit. See? So uh, <laughs> I need to close this section now before. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Guys, thanks so much. And um, it's always great to hear your views on things. If you want to ask a question to the guys, um, you can get in touch um, with Twitter with hashtag questions with Matt. But until next week, take care. Thanks, Matt. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the part of the show where we affectionately wrap up the entire episode. Guys, it's been a great um, episode this week, I think. Passionate. Yeah. Energetic. Definitely. Hmm. Ice cream. Absolutely. Ice cream. <laughs> um, it's always sort of fun having a, having a conversation with you guys over the Americas and EMEA chat. But, um, Kurt, what's uh, coming up next week? So, on Tuesday, 24th of September, in EMEA, talking about collaboration with iPad, and that's hosted um, by uh, probably, I think, the biggest um, host group that we've had over there. Um, Damien Parker, Richard Hopkin, and Laura Hiltout. Hiltout? Hiltout. Sorry, Laura. Um, let's do that again. Laura Hiltout, um, collaboration with iPad, and that's um, at 8 p.m. BST on Twitter using the hashtag AppleEDU chat. And then the Americas follow that up, and that's at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And it's Michael Mills and Patricia Brown who are doing Reach, Preach, and Teach at Equity for All. Nice. And they're all happening on September 24th, as you said. Uh, Johan, we've obviously, you know, we've got people who are returning as listeners. We've got people who are hopefully going to be new listeners. But if people want to get in touch with us and, you know, all that kind of stuff, how can they do it? 
Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Last Recap, and then of course you can find us as persons on Twitter. So, Martin, where? Uh, what's your handle? I'm at mcoots, C-O-U-T-T-S, 81. That's the number eight and the number one. Oh, nice. Uh, Kurt? Mine is still Meester Kurt, which is M-E-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T. And we have Matt. Uh, I am at M-A-T-6-4-5-3. Oh, brilliant. You can find me at Anderson S underscore E-D-U. And uh, Martin? If you want to send a question in, how can you do it in the Anchor app? Yeah, so if you're um, using, you're maybe listening to us in your podcast app of, app of choice, but you, uh, we record this using the Anchor app. Now, if you've got that app installed and you go into it, you can actually find us by searching for Last Night Recap, and you don't even need an account to leave us a voice message. You just leave it as if you were calling in like it was a radio show. Oh, that's brilliant. And I just want to say thank you for downloading this podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us. Listeners, comments and ratings keep us high in the rankings so that new listeners can find us. Be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for more news and podcasts. Over to you, Martin. Thanks, Johan. Um, Next week, we will be covering those chats, as Kurt said. If you get a chance, please uh, send us either hashtag questions with Matt, hashtag serious uh, but not. And guys, have a great week. I will speak to you all next week. Brilliant. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 See you later.